Hello, everybody. It's Josh and Zach coming back at you with another episode of Life with Josh and Zach. And today we are going to talk about, we're just going to have a little discussion about music. What we like about it, what we don't like about it, how it's impacted our lives, why it impacts lives, all kinds of different things. So, Zach. Let me ask you a question real quick. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Why do you think you're so passionate about music? Yeah, great question. So music, um, it does a lot of things. I mean, it, it's something that it, it occupies your mind when you might be stressed or kind of just empty minded. And you want something to fill that that vacuum. So, you know, there's practical things like that. But it also it I think ultimately it it speaks to me on a deeper level. Um, And. uh, You know, like it. uh, It it helps me think. Um, And I I don't know why. Um, I'm sure there are some neuroscientists or psychologists that could probably explain that better. But ultimately, it helps me think. And I think that's why I keep going back to it. If I had to answer that question, my my answer, I think, would be a little bit more simple. Um, I'm I'm the kind of person that. um, I have certain feelings that I can't express without sound. And, uh, it's, it's just easier to express certain feelings that I have with sounds than it is with words. Um, you know, some people like painters and things like that are like that with, uh, with art, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like you think about like a Van Gogh or somebody like, you know, that's just how they expressed their feelings and their, their, you know, the vision of the world. And, uh, I think for me, that's why I'm so passionate about music, how I express how I feel and, uh, and how I see things a lot of times comes out in my music. And I, I do feel like I need to preface this as I'm not a professional musician, but I am a musician. Um, and I have been since I was, you know, since I was very young, we both have, uh, and, uh, and I think for me, that's why I'm so passionate about music. Um, but, uh, but so what have you been listening to lately? Yeah. So, uh, what I was listening to right as we started, right before we started, this was Freddie King. Um, I always love Freddie King. He's an old blues guy. For those of you that don't know, um, his, his most prevalent time period was late sixties, early seventies. So he's within that era, electric guitar blues. Um, and man, I, I, I just love his album getting ready. I mean, that's one of the just bar none, one of the top, top 10 albums of all time for me. And so that's just happened to be what was playing on my Spotify playlist as we started this. And so that that's what I've been listening to. And, uh, Freddie King, wouldn't you agree? He's probably the first crossover 
blues rock artist? I, I think so. Yeah. And he was at, I know he was an inspiration for Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. In fact, if, if I, if I'm correct, his early seventies albums were uh, recorded on one of Clapton's subsidiary labels, right? Yes, they were. I don't remember yeah. the name of the record, but they, <clears throat> they were recorded uh, on one of Clapton's re- uh, record labels, subsidiary labels. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Clapton set in on a lot of those recordings as well. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think he helped produce them as well. Yeah, it's it's a lot like the uh, the Howlin' Wolf London sessions. Pretty much every British guitar player set in with Freddie King at one point in time. Uh, they Like they set in with Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of... Uh, a lot of rush i don't remember what i was listening to this morning but i uh been listening to a lot of rush over the past couple of days um been listening to a lot of cream as well and um you know that's just the past couple of days that's that's what i've primarily been listening to um been listening to uh, a lot of farewell with king farewell with kings a lot of uh, spirit of the radio, you know, those late seventies albums. Oh yeah, fantastic the, the stuff, stuff. My dad loves. My stuff. My dad loves. Yes, yeah, stuff your dad loves. Stuff that you don't, you clearly don't appreciate as much as I do. No, and not to say I dislike it. I like it, but my appreciation level is not on the same same as yours. <laughs> That's for sure. No, I absolutely. Uh, one band that I, I I kicked myself for never going to see when I had the opportunity to go see them back in two th- uh back when they did the R forty tour they came through Nashville um, I believe it was two thousand and eighteen is that right uh, it sounds right yeah or maybe it was two thousand fifteen I don't remember which one it was they came through Nashville and I had the money to go see them but I didn't feel like spending $120, you know, on tickets. Oh man. Yeah. That, that reminds me of when I, I had the opportunity to go see Tom Petty and the heartbreakers. I also and, turned that opportunity down. Yeah. I, I don't, or, you know, early 2010s roughly is when that was, they were going to Atlanta. And of course my excuse was, ah, I don't really have the, don't really need to spend the money on it right now. And Tom's still young. He'll be around for a long time. I'll have plenty of opportunities. Mine was his last tour. Oh, that was such a good tour. Yeah. Mine was his last tour in 2000. Was it 2017? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 2017, I worked with a girl that uh, her and her husband were going to go and they had two extra tickets and they offered them to me and my wife. And I, I knew my wife wouldn't go, but I thought, well, me and my, you know, me and my dad would go. Cause my dad really likes Tom Petty. And, um, uh, when I found out they were 150 bucks a pop, I'm like, no, I, I can't do this. He'll I'll see him when he comes back through and get a little bit cheaper tickets. And that was it. Yeah. And in hindsight, 150 bucks would have been well worth it. Yeah, just like 120 a piece to go see R40 would have been 
you know, to hear him play Jacob's Ladder live for the first time in 40 years, that would have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I went when I had the opportunity to see Bob Dylan live. I, I took that. I also have seen Bob Dylan. My experience was nowhere near as good as your experience was. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't been to a concert since, I don't think. And that was in 2016 because it was such a great show. I don't see how anything will ever top that ever. Greatest concert that I ever saw, hands down, was John Prine in 2018. So just a couple of years before he died. And it was, you know, he's in his 70s. The man's dancing around. He's having a great time. He's playing music from as far back as, you know, John Prine, but, you know, he's not just playing the hits. He's playing everything. It was four yeah. hours of John Prine. And it was and, magnificent. Yeah. You know, another great concert that that's still up there on my top concerts I've ever been to is actually a show we went to together, uh, the, the Dirty Governors in, uh, at the Bijou. Yep, that was a fantastic yeah. concert. Yeah, and, you know, small small band, you know, I don't know if they've really ever gotten out of the, the local southern scene, but they they were an incredible live band. No, they've, they've um, you know, I've seen them several times. Me and my wife saw them for their farewell show at the Tennessee Theater, and it was incredible. Uh, they made a live record out of that called Rock and Roll for the People incredible live record um but they're a local knoxville band that just you know they toured the northeast they were popular in the northeast they were popular in the south and you know i think one of the biggest credits to their name is they had they had a song on an episode of criminal minds i think it was yeah so you know, are they they retired now no they've actually come back out of retirement and they're they're playing around the south again uh, they've got a new record coming out August 13th called Revival. Um, they've got a couple of singles out from it now. One of them, uh, Don't Forget Where You Came From, and then the other one is Better in the Summer. Uh, it's not the music that they used to make, but it's, you know, it's pretty good. Because mm -hmm. the music they used to make was, you know, it was like straight up Rolling Stones, Black Crows kind of, you know, rock and roll. And it's, it's just not that anymore. It's a lot more yeah. subdued country now. Now, do you think that uh, that's a band that was just a victim of their time? Like, had they been around in, in the early 70s, do you think they would have been bigger? I think they would have been like the band if they had been around in the early 70s. They would have been huge in the 70s, and that would really been it. They would just have a cult following. Um, I think had they been around in the nineties, when the black crows were around, they would have been bigger. They would still be around and they would still be bigger. They were just a victim of wanting to play the kind of rock and roll that just wasn't popular anymore. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they, they didn't do hard rock or anything like that, but, um, but yeah, I, I think had they been around the seventies or even the late nineties, they would have been much more popular, but, um, uh, but no, um, that kind of leads me into, uh, one of the questions I've got here for us is who do you think is a band that 
just doesn't get the credit they deserve. Now, are we talking like a kind of like kind of big bands, but they just don't have the the critical acclaim, or we're talking just any type of band whatsoever? Anybody you can think of, anybody you've ever heard. Ah, uh, man, you go first. Johnny Winter. Yeah, I I can I can agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't think Johnny Winter ever got the the acclaim that he deserved. He was probably the single greatest guitar act of the late sixties and up through the nineties. Yeah, another show we saw. Yeah, we did see good. Johnny Winter, and it was really good. And I, I don't know that my hearing has ever recovered from that show. It no, was that so was, loud. That was one of the <laughs> loudest shows I've ever been to. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> um, but yeah, as far as artists that haven't gotten the recognition, I think they deserve. Um, <sighs> oh, gosh, such a tough question because there's... I feel like there's one on the tip of my tongue that I can't, I can't remember, but, um, Ry Cooter. I think he was an artist that uh, did not get the recognition he deserved. And when you talk or when you hear other artists and musicians talk, a lot of them will cite Ry Cooter as an influence of theirs, but uh, he never got that. I mean, the critics liked him at the time, but he, he was never super popular. No, he, he never was, but he was, he was fantastic, though. All of his music, well, you know, he wrote all the music for the movie Crossroads, if anybody's yeah. ever seen that with Ralph Macchio and Steve Vai. But yeah, I mean, Boomer's Story is an incredible album. Um you know, kind of, what if you call them like blues, folk, kind mm-hmm. of rock? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just great album. And even that, uh, he he did that uh, album with some of the Rolling Stones. Was it uh, Jamming with Edward or something like that? Yeah, I think Jamming with Edward where he had Charlie Watts and Bill Wyman. Uh, yeah. That, those were the only two that were on that record, though, weren't they? No, I, I think uh, Mick was on it. I, I think oh, did, he, did, did he play harp on that record? Yeah, I think okay. so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, Mick Jagger, that is not Mick Taylor. Yeah, no, Mick Taylor wouldn't do anything that he didn't have to do. Yeah. 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 And but that, that, he's, he's, literally, a, he's the early 70s version of Don Felder. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic guitar player will not go out of his way to do anything that he doesn't have to do yeah and wants all the credit for stuff he never did yeah and you know talking about mentioning the the eagles there reminds me of graham parsons who yeah yeah, somebody that really doesn't get the recognition he deserves i think maybe more so today people have come around to to really listen to his music but not not in the early 70s and not as much as he deserves now well he invented a whole subgenre of music yeah he invented country rock i people think it was the eagles but it was graham parsons because yeah. you know graham parsons was the guy 
1972 that put out, or well, I guess in 1969, Sweetheart of the Rodeo comes out. That album doesn't happen without Graham Parsons. Oh, yeah. He he completely transformed the birds. Um, and then in 1970, the Palace of the Gilded Sin, the Flying Burrito Brothers. And then you've got 1971 um, GP. And then in 73, you've got, your, you know, Graham Parsons. And then in 73, you've got Return of the Grievous Angel, which is by far his greatest record he ever did. I mean, it's just it's full of nothing but raw emotion. Yeah. But then again, mm-hmm. at the same time, I think he knew he was, he was on the verge of death. Yeah. Cause he couldn't kick the speed. Yeah. So for those of you aspiring musicians out there, don't do drugs. It really well, doesn't help. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to do drugs, don't do speed. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. If you're going to do drugs, don't do speed sleep please sleep yes sleep is important yes, it is it is bad for you um now saying that if you're gonna do other drugs like hallucinogens and things like that do it smartly do it with people that know what they're doing and don't do benzos and things like that just stick to like stuff that's going to expand your mind that stuff's not going to kill you as quickly yeah, I will let it be known. I am not advocating this, though. <laughs> no, neither am I. I am not advocating for drug use either. I'm just saying if you're going to, because, you know, we're all adults here. If you're going to do your research, know what you're doing. Listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> right on. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> my next question that I've got for us that I think is a really good question. What is a band that you listen to that you don't really care for? Like you'll still listen to them, but you just don't really like them. Well, I, I guess I'd have to say Led Zeppelin, which also goes into, I, I'll just go ahead and say it. I, I think Led Zeppelin one through four are four of the most overrated albums of all time. I, I don't think they're as good as people think. Uh, not to say they're bad, because, you know, they are good in a sense, but I think they're overrated, but I will still listen to them every now and then. Okay, I have to say, for me, it's Fleetwood Mac. Really? Yeah, like, yeah, it's Fleetwood Mac. I'll listen to it, but, yeah, you know. Um, I do think, um, it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> you think that the first four Led Zeppelin records are the most overrated. I I think it's just Led Zeppelin too. I, I I think Led Zeppelin too is is the most overrated record of all time. I mean, it's great. You know, the guitar tones on it are you know, they're for that time period subpar. Let's just be honest; they're subpar. They could sound a lot better, and they would have sounded better if they had an actual producer instead of just Jimmy Page. Yeah, and, and this will probably be controversial, but I don't think Led Zeppelin was great live. Oh, no. I mean, have you seen the song Remains the Same? Yeah, and, and to me, that's that's the true measure of a great band is their live performances. 
Okay. So who's the best live band that you can think of? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Hands down. I mean, it, there, there's been a lot of great ones, but I think Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was the best live band ever. And I haven't seen them live, but I've listened to all their live stuff out there, watched all their live footage, and they could just nail a live show. They were quality professional musicians and artists. Fair enough. I mean, they're a fantastic live act. I, I think for me, um, mine's a tough decision. Uh, I go back and forth between um, Jimmy Buffett and John Prine. I've never seen Jimmy Buffett, but every live recording he's ever done and every live performance I've ever seen is fantastic. Yeah. Um, John Prine, I've seen John Prine live and every other live recording he's ever done or video that I've ever seen of him live is fantastic. I think I'm going to have to go with John Prine just simply because the man not only is a great singer, a great songwriter, but he also is, he'll set up on stage for, you know, a good hour of his show, just telling stories that don't have to do with anything. He just tells you these really funny entertain. It's almost like seeing a storyteller and a musician all in one. It's a fantastic show. I have to say it's hands down for me. It's got to be John Prine. Yeah. And that is a really uh, interesting aspect to add to your shows. That storytelling uh, probably gets on some people's nerves, but I I'm another person that I really like that addition to a show. It, I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I saw him with, you know, 7,000 other people and he didn't get on anybody else's nerves. So, well, I mean, by, by that point, if you're going to a John Prine show, you probably know what to expect. That's why you're going. Oh, there was a lot of people that had never heard of John Prine before that were going just because he was in town. Like, because we went, huh. uh, me and dad went out to eat downtown Knoxville before we went over to the Tennessee Theater and saw him. And there was all kinds of people that were sitting around us that were like, man, I'm really excited. I've never, never seen him before, but people say it's fantastic. Everybody left out of there, had the best time. It was just, it was a great show. But now I want to get into the really serious stuff here, Zach. The really serious stuff. The stuff that uh, it's going to have to make you think. And I know you're having a cup of tea right now. But uh, you're still really going to have to think, even though you're trying to be fancy and have a cup of tea. What's the album that changed your life? Um, cool. There, there have been a lot of albums that have, um, I might, I'll go with though blood on the tracks by Bob Dylan, because I think that was the first album that made me take a more serious approach to music. Cause before I, I thought of music as more entertainment, like I, I was really into, you know, Leonard Skinner. Almond Brothers Band, a lot of those Southern rock guitar style bands. And, uh, you know, nothing against them, but it was more for like entertainment value that, that I listened to them. When I started listening to Blood on the Tracks, 
it made me think of music as as a total art form and not just as music whereas i i I thought of them as separate categories before that, which might sound dumb, but it, I didn't synthesize those two until I started listening to Dylan and that album in particular. Okay. Okay. Um, my answer to this question is um, it, it's something that holds a lot of meaning in my life i think particularly now um it's tommy by the who and uh, i think for for so long there were so many things that i could not i just couldn't say there were so many things that that i just couldn't verbalize to other people that that album had such a profound impact on me. And for the people that don't know, have never heard the album. Uh, the, the premise is this young boy's father is suspected to be lost and never return home after world war one. And, um, he comes home one night. The mother has married another man. The stepfather kills him. The mother and the stepfather tell Tommy, you never heard it. You never saw it. You won't say nothing to no one, even though, you know, you know, it's the truth. I could go on and perform the rest of the opera, but I, I won't. Um, but uh, <laughs> just to get a little personal, um, you know, the things that are going on with me now, the things that happened to me when I was a child, I never knew how to, um, to express them. And the same thing that happened to Pete Townsend as a child, which if you don't know what it is, you can go look it up. You'll get a better understanding, um, happened to me as a child. And I, I think that's why that album resonated so much with me. I wanted everybody that I knew to hear that record. It's like, especially, you know, like with you, you know, I'm like, man, you've got to get this record. You've got to hear it. It's life changing. It will, you know, but I don't think anybody else understood it. I don't think anybody else ever got it. No, cause I, no, cause you know, I, I, I got the, got a copy of the album at your insistence and, I was like, yeah, it's a good album, you know, The Who's a good band, but uh, I was never, you know, never wowed by it like you were. And now, a, a question I have to ask on that matter is, um, were you, at the time, were you aware of why you liked Tommy so much, or do you think, or was it more of a subconscious thing that was drawing you to that album? I think at first it was subconscious. Um, but I think after maybe the third or fourth time I'd listened to the record, I, I got it. It was, <clears throat> mm -hmm. it was, uh, I got that it was okay. This is about me. This is about, you know, this is about what's happened to me because the, the premise of the album that I alluded to is not really, once you listen to the record, that's not really what the album's about. That's what the open, you know, the overture's about. Mm 
but once you listen to the rest of the record, yeah. it's you kind of start to understand what the album's really about. And I, I think I finally realized it after my third or fourth time listening to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that leads into a question I have. Um, for you, um, do the reasons you like certain bands or certain songs that have they changed over the years or are those reasons still the same to why you might like a certain band or a certain album? Or uh, I guess a different way to phrase it is, has your perspective changed on the music that you like over the years? Yeah, it, it has. Um, as I've gotten older and I've become more self-aware of myself, um, I tend to, to like more, um, I tend to find myself drawn to more intellectual, um, more introspective, I guess is the way to put it, more introspective music, stuff that's more about the people themselves, stuff that's more about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just because I can relate to that a lot better than I can, you know, stuff like, you know, like you were saying, like Leonard Skinner and stuff that's just there for entertainment. Um, so people like mm -hmm. John Prine, people like Rush, uh, people like Pink Floyd, stuff like that. I find myself drawn more to that style of introspective music. Um, and it, it does all have to do with, and it, it's changed too, even since I've, I've started having to deal with a lot of these problems that have caused me to have PTSD. It's changed even then. Like I, I, I have certain records like, uh, like dark side of the moon or wish you were here 2112, you know, these records that they mean more than what they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, John Prine's John Prine, uh, Sweet Revenge by John Prine. Uh, John Prine's last record he put out, The Tree of Forgiveness. You know, records like this that um, they speak to the isolation that somebody feels. They speak to the, um, they speak to the, the oneness of, of, of self but yet at the same time they also speak to um they speak to so many different parts of you that you can just you can relate to it a little bit better and so i i think my my music my taste in music has changed over the years and i think it's had to because i i find that if somebody is no matter what kind of mental shape you're in you know you could be in the best mental shape of your life and still need a little help. And I feel like music provides that no matter what mental state, what mental state you're in, music provides you help. And, um, and, and that's what, that's what music lately has been for me. It's just been a little bit of extra help. And I've listened to it a little bit more sparingly than I used to. Does that make sense? Like I listen to yeah. it when I need mm -hmm. it. I don't just listen to it because I want to, I listen to it when I, I need to listen to it 
when I need yeah. that extra pick me up because mm-hmm. I just can't connect with it all the time. Um, I just can't connect with it all the time with everything that's going on inside my head. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Now, how about you? I mean, do you think that as you have changed and gotten older, have things changed for you? Absolutely. Um, Kind of uh, to go along with what I was talking about earlier with, you know, seeing music as art. So, like I said, I was started out like in middle school when I really got into music, classic rock in particular. I was listening to bands like Leonard Skinner and I didn't view them as art. And then I started listening to people like Bob Dylan and uh, I started to see music as an actual art form. And it actually made me kind of uh, look at bands like Skinnerd in a derisive manner. Um, and, and now when I go back to it, um, I, I, I like to think I have a little less arrogant perspective because I know now that I, I was wrong to look at Leonard Skinner derisively as well, because that they re- they were artists too. I mean, they were extremely talented and uh, they, they are artists as well. And so I, I think I've learned to appreciate the different types of music, different types of rock and roll in the context that they're, they're meant to be performed in. And I think uh, that's helped me get the most out of each band and each album. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't want to sit here and sound like, well, I only listen to these people because they, they impact me in some way. I have, yeah, like I've learned to kind of like you have, I've learned to appreciate different bands for what they provide. So like for me, one of the questions I had for us in just a minute, but for me, the band that got me into rock and roll to begin with is Thin Lizzy. And so I can still appreciate Thin Lizzy for being just straight ahead hard rock. I can still appreciate Leonard Skinner for being just straight up down home Southern rock. You know, I can appreciate these bands for being unapologetically what they are. I can appreciate ACDC. It's just, I don't listen to them all the time because Sometimes I just don't want to have a good time as much as I do as I need something to listen to, you know, kind of yeah. like, kind of like one might read a book for fun versus reading a book because they, they need to take something away from that book. Yeah. Yeah. And so like my perspective on Leonard Skinner, it what wasn't so much a, a knock on Skinner really that's, that's a knock on me. It wasn't that Leonard Skinner was narrow-minded. It was more of my perspective on music and art was narrow-minded. So it that that's that's my that was my fault, uh, not not like any particular band's fault. And I think that's a an important distinction to make, um, and something I try and do in my my own life with anything is try to have more of a humble approach to it because I, I think you'll get more more out of anything if you come with a humble and a 
almost a teachable mind, so to speak. Yeah. Um, now, I guess to kind of lighten things up just a little bit, because things have gotten a little heavy, have gotten a little personal, nothing wrong with that. But um, I want to ask you, why do you think, because we've already talked about why you're so passionate about music, but why does, <laughs> this is, once you hear the question, you'll know I'm being sarcastic. Why does music affect you so strongly, you think? <laughs> I, I think it I think it fits in with this with what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I, I think um it's kind of what we were just saying and to to phrase it a little differently it so I tend to think about life very philosophically uh, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. That's just kind of my perspective and how I frame things. And so I, I think like I always say, you know, what is the, the purpose of life? Like, what am I here for? Well, I, I think the reason I'm here, why, why really we're all here is to learn. And I think music and art in general is part of that learning process. And I, I think that's why it speaks to me so much because, uh, and why I keep going back to it because, um, you know, I really, uh, when, when I have trouble verbalizing something or even putting my thoughts together, um, I often turn to music because that, that helps me, kind of what you were saying earlier, express thoughts and emotions that I couldn't otherwise express. Yeah, and I, I guess that was, you know, I kind of already answered that question, like I said, but I just... I kind of wanted your take on it. You know what I mean? And, uh, I just, yeah. I didn't feel like I, I really had gotten that, gotten that take on it. Um, but no, sir, in all seriousness now though, um, kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. What is your go-to album? So I have two, I can't choose just one, but, uh, it would be wildflowers, Tom Petty and, Nashville Skyline by Bob Dylan. I like it. Both of those are fantastic records. Um, I think I'd have to say my go-to album. Uh, I, again, can't choose one. And since you cheated and didn't choose just one, I'll choose two as well. Um, John Prine's John Prine, uh, his debut album. But I also think that the other one is got to be, yeah, I'll say it. I think it's, uh, I think it's Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Yeah, great album. Um, now, are there any that you? What do you think is the most underrated album you've ever heard? Uh you know, that changes day to day. Um, cause I think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get the recognition it deserves today. I'm actually feeling a new morning by Bob Dylan. I think that's one of his more overlooked albums, but I really like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, 
I'm going to say I think the most underrated album is by one of the more underrated um, guitar virtuosos of the 70s. I think it's Tattoo by Roy Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Tattooed Lady, fantastic song. 2020 Vision, fantastic acoustic blues song. Uh, They Don't Make Them Like You Anymore, great song. Uh, Sleep on a Clothesline is fantastic. I mean, just great songs all the way around. And I mean, if you look at you look at his dis- dis- discography blueprint which was right before it i mean it had walk on hot coals and stuff like that that's the one that gets talked about as his like his famous record mm-hmm. I, I think tattoo is is even better than than blueprint so I, i've got to go with with roy gallagher on that one and uh, i'm gonna throw an honorable mention in there as well and say, because uh, your your mention of Roy Gallagher made me think of this one uh, is West Side Soul by Magic Sam. Mm, that is a fantastic record. That is any Magic Sam is fantastic, but that is a, a marvelous record. Yeah, because he he often um, he often doesn't get mentioned in the these talks about great bluesmen. Now, I don't know, maybe because he had such a short career, but uh, he was really fantastic. No doubt. He was one of the greatest, one of the greatest guitar blues men of the late 60s. Um, now I do want to ask you, what do you look for in music? Like, what is the one thing that you look for in good music? Um, it, it's a feeling I look for, I guess you could say. And uh, I don't know if I can put it into words, but um, there's really a lot of the stuff I listen to has an honesty to it. At least that's how I see it. It's uh, it's because the artist is playing it because that's what they want to play. And, and I think I can hear that come through the music. And so there's a very honestness about it i don't know if that's a word but uh whatever there's there's honesty about it see i you know i think i look for two things i look for relate relatability so if it's you know if it's something that i can actually gravitate towards and i can relate to in the lyrics but i also look for um, can I understand the sound? Like, does that sound speak to me in a way that it, you know, the same way that the lyrics does the lyrics do. Um, and it's, I guess in a way it is, it's a, it's a certain form of honesty that I look for, but it really, it just, um, does it, does it jive with me the right way? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause th- there is music out there. That's uh, honest. I guess you could say that I don't really enjoy. Cause if, if the listeners haven't noticed by now, they, 
I'll just say that we we're both pretty heavily biased towards rock and roll and blues and kind of that classic country yeah, kind of stuff. And, and so that to me, there's something special about bands and that's something that rock and roll does better than any other genre. I think is really that, that band aspect to it. And, and, you know, there's just a certain, I like the instruments. I like guitars, drums, basses, you know, and some keyboards. Like that's the nucleus of sound that speaks to me for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I I couldn't have said that better myself. Who are some people you think some artists, some bands, some groups that you think our listeners should, should know about? So something I was listening to this morning and relatively recent is a group called Whitey Morgan and the 79s. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, if you like that outlaw country sound, steel guitars and really twangy Telecasters, um, then this band is for you. Yes, they are unashamedly classic country. Yeah. Like that yeah. classic they, outlaw they country. It. Yeah, they do it very well. Um, and uh, another to, to kind of s- stay in that country frame of mind, um, a, an artist that I would recommend looking into, especially if you're a guitarist, is Kenny Vaughn. Um, he has a couple solo things, um, but he's mostly been a, a member of of other bands, probably most prominent work, maybe with uh, Marty Stewart. Um, anything Kenny Vaughn is involved with is is really great. So he's somebody to look up and listen to. Yeah, and anybody Marty Stewart will have in a band with him, I don't care what instrument they play, they're definitely worth listening to. Yeah, Marty Stewart, he vets his bandmates very well. <laughs> Well, he doesn't have to vet them. He listens to them one time and he says whether or not they're in the band or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just how good Marty Stewart is. And that's, that's somebody that I think that, um, if you're, if you don't think you're going to like country music, listen to Marty Stewart and tell me if you really think that you don't like country music, because if you don't like Marty Stewart, you're not going to like country music. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, Marty Stewart's great. Uh, another another performer that I judge on his live stuff. His live performances are amazing, which is why I think he's amazing. Yeah, and whether he's playing guitar or he's playing mandolin, doesn't matter what he's playing, it's fantastic. Um, but, you know, I would have to say I've got a couple that I think that people need to know about. One of them is a band called Lake Street Dive. I believe they're out of Boston originally. Um, the singer's a, a lady, but she is just one thing that I, I don't like about female singers is a lot of times they'll try to sing the same. Uh, and this woman is hands down one of the greatest, one of the greatest, you know, rock and roll, soul, blues singers I've ever heard. Um, one of the uh another band that I, I really think that people need to check out or another artist uh, i think is tyler childers lean into that countryside um 
I think he's just, he's accessible country for, for everybody. Um, and then another one who used to be country, who is now like Pink Floyd and Van Halen had a baby is Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Good way of describing that. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's new stuff. It's great. It's old stuff's great. Um, but one more, just kind of like an honorable mention, I think somebody that most rock and roll fans kind of leave out, you know, they think about Bruce Springsteen, but they don't think about anybody else. I think it's Warren Zebo. He's got kind of that Springsteen yeah. vibe, but mm-hmm. I feel like he writes better songs. Like, I mean, oh. he, he wrote a song called hard luck, hard luck streak and dancing school. How's that not a better song than anything that Springsteen wrote after born to run? Well, I, I, I like Springsteen, so I don't want to compare the two. They're both great. Um, but Warren Zevon was interesting because he had some songs that are very well known, but not songs that he performed in the versions that became well known. Like, uh, Linda Ronstadt has, um, poor, poor pitiful me. And Carl rendition. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that that song was written by Warren Zevon. I didn't know that for many years. Linda Ronstadt's first four hits were written by Warren Zevon. Yeah. <laughs> Carmelita, Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me, um, Muhammad's Radio, and what was the other one? Oh, I. I I, I don't recall the top. No, of my Muhammad's head. radio was a hit for Jackson Brown. Is is that it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like four major hits off of Warren Zevon's first 1976 record were for yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I think my favorite all-time Warren Zevon song has uh, it's got to be "Accidentally Like a Martyr." It's a beautiful oh, yeah. song, but it's it's just complete satire. Yeah, he he was very sarcastic in his music. Plus, he used to be a, a coroner in the state of Colorado. He got appointed to that job because he needed a job, and the town needed a coroner. Yeah, funny how things happen. <laughs> the things you could do in the seventies. Yes, uh, what a time to be alive. Um, I guess just a couple more questions here for you, man. Um, maybe the last question. How do you think that music has affected your life? How do you think it's changed your life? Well, I think it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think it's helped me broaden my perspectives. Um, And I don't know that I've quite put all the links together, but I I think that um, music has helped me be more intellectual, helped me think more deeply about topics and kind of helped me, uh, helped humble me in in many regards. And so I I think these are, but also helped me uh, gain confidence as well. So I I think those go hand in hand. I, I think if you're, properly humbled you're also you know when and how to be confident um side note there but so i i think uh i think music has had all of those um 
positive influences on me. Yeah, I think music has, if it's taught me anything, is it has taught me that life happens to people and it happens to everybody and you're not really alone in what you think you're alone with. And, um, I think that's a pretty powerful message to take away from music. Um, because you hear things and you relate to them so well that you realize that, man, you're not the only one that's going through this. You know, you've got, so in a way, music kind of comforts you, especially yeah, when you're going through hard times. Um, and that's, uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways I've, I've taken away from it over my years. But, uh, I guess the last thing that I want to say, um, I'll turn it over to you here in just a second, Zach, but just the last thing I want to say is that, uh, we may not have talked about it very much, but, um, you know, we are, you know, Zach's touched on it a couple of times. We are primarily fans of rock and roll. We are primarily fans of, of blues music. Uh, I'm more of a country fan than, than Zach is, but we both like country music. Um, and that's just what, what speaks to us, but just because that's what we like, doesn't mean that that's what everybody else in this world has to like, cause I understand completely. There are some, some genres of music that just don't speak to me. That may speak to you. There are some bands that may speak to you that don't speak to me and that's completely okay. And that's the beauty of music in and of itself is there's something for everybody. It does not discriminate it doesn't discriminate against age or race or, you know, it doesn't discriminate against anything. There's something for literally every person out there and it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Um, with that being said, Zach, I'll turn it over to you uh, for just a minute for any kind of closing remarks you've got. Um, well, I think what you said was, was great and spot on. The only other thing, um, despite what you just said, I will recommend to our listeners to go listen to some Taj Mahal because I don't think we spoke about him. Taj Mahal is great, 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 great stuff. I highly recommend that. Yeah, okay. That's great. Um, well, guys, this has been our episode on music. Uh, we'll probably have more of these to come. I mean, we just like music too much not to do music episodes. Um, but, uh, one thing I wanted to let you know before we get out of here, you can now find us on Twitter. Uh, it, we're at Josh underscore and underscore Zach on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach out to us by email at the podcast eight, six, five at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, any episode ideas, anything like that. Uh, and of course, wherever you're hearing us, uh, we're also available on Spotify. We're on Google podcast, places like that. If you just need a different place, if you're listening to us someplace else, you want a little bit easier place to reach us, 
It's just the Life with Josh and Zach podcast. Wherever you go, you can search for that. Tell your friends about us. Uh, And uh, we'll see you guys next week.